Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the Fail to Fail podcast with your host, Don Abernathy. What's going on, everybody? It's another episode of the Fail to Fail podcast, the motivational podcast here at the Digital 410 Network. Thank you guys for joining us again for another episode. Tonight, I am very excited to present to you this gentleman. Um, some of you may have seen him on American Ninja Warrior once or twice. If you're from Southwest Florida, you may be familiar with him as well. His name is Jordan Flash Brown. Jordan, how are you doing tonight, sir? Oh, I'm good, Don. Thank you for having me on. Uh, not a problem. Thank you for joining us in the crazy times that uh, we're living in, uh, 2020, um, the Halloween season, and all the uh, craziness with the election going on. How have you been? Yes. Uh, I've been doing good. Uh, I've been working as a substitute teacher during this time at a high school, and I also um, have been just doing my photography, and also I've been... Um, maintaining a long distance relationship with my uh, girlfriend who's in Australia and also uh, training for Ninja Warrior. So doing, trying to do all these things, just trying to have that balance and stuff. You prepare for the next season. Definitely staying busy. Um, let's just get a little background history on you for our listeners here. I know you're you're from Miami. Uh, were you born in Miami and what year? Oh, yeah. I was born in Miami, Florida in, 19, in February 13th, 1993. Yeah. And um, what was what was life like in Miami back then? Well, I say back then. I was in middle school at the time. But what was Miami like in 1993? I think it was really cool because back in the 93, from from I was mostly basketball. Like like when I was like born, like during during the years of like 1993 to 1998, it was all about the, it was all about the Chicago Bulls and like Michael Jordan and stuff. And like my dad actually named me after him. Sure. Or that's where Jordan came from because I guess it was such a he was such a popular athlete as well since the Bulls were dominating, and so he liked to, he liked watching them. And then I was damn after him. Well, not only was he you know dominating basketball, but he was really he was the one that brought Nike to the forefront when it came to basketball apparel. I mean, prior to yes. him, um, Nike you know Nike was kind of a running shoe for a while, and they were here and there. But as far as being the powerhouse dominant, you know apparel company and basketball and later on and just uh you know and just pop culture itself i mean as someone who was living and growing up in the 90s um jordan shoes were where it was at i never owned a pair but i remember seeing all the all the kids who uh had the means to own jordans and all the different eras of jordans and then uh you know you had the yeah. robinsons with the first the reebok pump the robinsons came out and just that was kind of the beginning of the whole apparel war company, a uh, war going on in sports, is and it all started with Jordan and uh, when he came out of North Carolina with his blue and white Nikes at the beginning. Yeah, and what's crazy is that I remember Converse was like the main basketball shoe, but then once Jordan took over with Nike, it's like it's Nike, Nike had Nike and Reebok just becoming a thing, and yeah. then Nike just took over like all, of all of it. And Nike took over to the fact that. If you wear Converse shoes other than like Chuck Taylors, you're gonna get kind of yeah. you're gonna kind of get you know laughed off the court. I mean, as far as <laughs> as far as quality foot apparel goes, at least in in pop culture and you know popularity wise, if you if you you know unless you got a pair of throwback you know uh, uh, L.A. Laker uh, Converse Converse from back in the day, you showed a pair of Converse, you're getting laughed off the court or anywhere for that matter. Interesting fact, living here in Southwest Florida, um, Chuck Taylor was actually a salesman. He was not a basketball player. He was a salesman, and he he was heavily into college basketball, and he had a lot of 
ends with a lot of the coaches, and he kind of was the one who got a lot of college basketball teams in the 50s to sign up and, and go strictly Converse because it was between Converse and, and PF Flyers at the time. And the reason oh, I, yes, I remember I heard of PF Flyers from that movie Sandlot, Sandlot. Yep. yeah. And um, the reason I say Southwest Florida is Chuck Taylor is actually buried up in Port Charlotte. And you can uh, go to a website and it'll actually show where his grave marker is. And so like a lot of, you know, Chuck Taylor all-star converse aficionados, they like to travel over to that graveyard and find his his tomb. Now, your name's Jordan Flash Brown. And as they said on one of your YouTube videos, Flash is not due to speed or from comic book, but actually photography. Uh, what age did you get into photography? Uh, in 2016, but actually, uh, it's not just. I think because I, I think I have to make a correction on that video because, like, as I've grown as a follower and a believer in, in Christ Jesus, like, I think the light, the flash comes from like being a light, and like how I, when I first started doing ninja, uh, my colors were black and yellow because the black represented like kind of like the mistakes and the and my like the mistakes that I made and the, like. The darkness and whatnot and the yellow was just me just striving to overcome that and be a light during those beginning years but um during covid i've definitely changed the, the colors to it being brighter as in red and yellow sure and soon to be white and white and yellow because like i've definitely I, it shows maturity on my part as a as a believer and also as a follower that I'm not like kind of like in between, but mostly just trying to be a person that is trying to do good and trying to serve the community and serve my, my talents with through either Ninja or through photography to others. And that's just what I want to do. It's not about what I can gain or it's not about me hitting budget for my own personal glory, but everything that I do, I want it to be about just serving others and being able to help others. And that's a fantastic mission statement. And by the way, your photography, I was looking through your Facebook tonight um, and your Instagram, you are you got some fantastic photos. And a lot of that stuff, um, you know, you're in it yourself. And so you're you're setting up your, your, yourself as the model. But you, the lighting's great. The position of the camera's fantastic. And it's, it's beautiful work. And I'm going to show my age. I actually took eight semesters of photography class in high school, but it was so long ago. We actually learned how to develop black and white film, which is long yes. dead since science. But do you use like a uh, LCR uh, digital camera or are you just primarily use your phone? So the crazy part is like the camera that I use is, is a Canon T6i Rebel. It is very, it is the basic of the basic ones. I, right now, I'm currently trying to save up money to get the, the, a better camera because since I've been working at the high school, I want to be able. I want the kids to be able to have great pictures. And since I'm doing sports, it's kind of it's really hard to take those kind of shots with my basic camera because I don't have the shutter speed that can keep up with the athletes. Mm -hmm. So I'm saving money right now to be able to invest in the in the in the newest version of the sports photography camera. So I can be able to have it, and it's really it's a lot more expensive. But I know that in time and with being patient. Uh, it, it'll come. So just being patient and just working towards working towards it right now. Yeah, the hard yeah. thing about that though is you 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 set up, you invest, you do the research, and you get the camera. And much like a car or a computer, the technology changes so quickly that within a year or two, you know the the chat. You know, obviously you the lenses themselves are interchangeable, but the the memory speed and the camera itself it, they've come so quickly outdated that it's. It's kind yeah. of why I got. I'm an IT guy. I've been uh, running an IT firm since 2004. But when it comes to uh, video games, people are surprised to find out I play Xbox, and that's kind of the reason. It seemed like 
now technology's catching up, but for the longest time, it was like every time a new game came out, you had to go out and drop a bunch of money on a new video card, plus the game, plus RAM. And so just to play that one particular game, it got so expensive to have to consistently buy new components that I found it was just easier and less frustrating just to buy a console so that all I had to do was buy the game and every five years buy a new console instead of buying a new video card and RAM all the time. But um, yeah. what is, how did you get into the Ninja thing? And what is the official title for that sport? Um, obviously, American Ninja Warrior was based off a of Ninja Warrior coming out of Japan. And American Ninja yes. Warrior is copyrighted. But what is, do you guys refer to it just as Ninja, Ninja-ing? Or what is the uh, official name for that sport? Uh, I would say the official the word will be ninja. For, okay. So for me, I, how I got into it, my backstory was I first started my first love of sport was basketball. Okay. So I came to FGCU in the in, in the college in twenty in twenty eleven. So I tried from twenty eleven to twenty fourteen on trying to walk on to the basketball team, and I had no success. And I sure. always got I no the first year didn't have any trials. So this this twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen. I tried to, I think it was, yeah, those two years I tried to walk on, but I didn't make it. I wasn't able to make it. So then it was when I was like, kind of feeling, I was just really down. And I kind of was asking myself and asking her, like, what can I do to be able to help others and inspire others? And then I saw Ninja Warrior on TV and in the summer. Yeah, I would say it was in the summer of 2015, I think it was. And then that's when I saw it. No, or no, sorry, not sorry. I would say maybe the springtime of 2015. And I saw and I told myself that I wanted to do that. And then that year from 2015 to 2016, I was just like trying to do whatever kind of training I could. I had no idea about the sport. Um, I would like, until I met a guy named Jeff Harvey who uh, invited me to his uh, barn, I would say like his garage. And like, it definitely was a wake up call for like, man, like I needed to get strong at this sport. Mm -hmm. And so I just trained with him whenever he invited me. And uh, yeah, so then, and then my first year competing on the show was in 2016 in Atlanta, Georgia, which I had fallen on the uh, second obstacle. Which I, so I did the walk line. How I got into that was I did the walk line. I came out to Atlanta for I waited for like two and a half weeks, and I met a great bunch of guys. But I think the walk line was very fun meeting meeting friends and meeting guys. And so then that night it was it was definitely surreal. Like people that I saw on TV and then actually competing there definitely very nerve-wracking i think i would say i got like i got i think my nerves got the best of me but um it was definitely a great experience because i it, it was a learning experience as well too and then the the next year after that it was in daytona and um i um i was able to uh train harder and i did get better like when it came down to competition wise i i i, I made it past the second obstacle but i fell on the third obstacle which was a nut which was a wing nuts so that was really great. And then the third year um, of competing in Miami, I trained hard again. And this year, it was kind of my best year. I made it to the fifth obstacle. And I, even though I found the fifth obstacle, I did run up to advance to city finals. So it was my first year, my first time advanced to the city finals. And what, what was special about that year was because it was in Miami. So my parents mm-hmm. were able to see me for the first time ever compete. And I was also the first runner to have, have to do the course. Because since for the walker line, I was number one on the walker line, so I was the first runner to like have to, have to do the course, and like it was very nerve wracking. But what I how I prepared for that was just I meditated and I visualized in the weeks leading up to that. Visualized, I knew that I was going to be first, and like what, and I and also during that time, the Avengers Infinity War was like coming out, so that also was kind of like a hype up in itself because it was really nice 
like seeing promos for that. It was just really hyped me up. So I want to do well. And, and I love movies. So like, I always like, like here, I watch movies for inspiration and and also, but also reading scriptures as well too, like reading the Bible, but being able to watch stuff is really cool. I'm like a visual learner. Cause that's what I, when it comes to photography, I love like visual things, like being able to like see things or take pictures of things. Like my, my photography was, was mostly kind of inspired by movie posters. Like, Sure. When I see superheroes like in their poses, like man, like I want to do like I want to recreate that kind of stuff in like a real world type of setting, like for people or for athletes or for couples. Like when I see the movie posters, like man, I want to be able to take those shots. So that's what that's what inspired me to be a photographer from well, all the movies that I watched and stuff. The interesting thing about the ninja thing, obviously, you got to be in great physical fitness. You got to have tremendous grip strength, upper body. But the thing about the whole ninja thing is, is Kind of like you said, you met somebody who was into it. You got invited over. It's almost like a, a private club. And what I mean by that is people don't realize, and I didn't either until you know I got to researching Morgan and yourself. And I'm not, yeah. Morgan's nice enough to allow me to come practice on his equipment. I have no delusions of grandeur that I'm ever going to be on American Ninja Warrior. But um, I'm going to run my second Savage Race next weekend. The first time I did it. Nice. Um, I completed 25 of the 28 obstacles, but what it got me, sawtooth at the end, and a lot of the monkey bar based stuff. Um, it, my grip strength wasn't there. I'm six foot five, which is a huge hindrance. Um, I've watched enough yeah. American Ninja Warrior. Know anybody over six foot tall, you're gonna have a hard time just because a lot of that stuff's low to the ground. Uh, Morgan's Morgan's gym's pretty low. Sometimes I hit my feet, but I go there primarily to practice on my grip strength, and I still can't do a pull up. I don't know how you do a salmon ladder. I watched a video of you earlier doing like a forty foot salmon ladder, which is insane. Um, yeah. But what back to the point is, people don't realize, and myself included, is there are regional ninja challenges and um events going on and i'm watching some i watched you do a hundred foot rope climb today which i gotta have morgan show me the proper way to use my feet now i see a lot of hardcore guys do it with just their upper bodies now obviously you're doing a hundred foot when you're not going to do that strictly upper body there's no way you'll get burnt out but clearly there's a proper way to use your feet on those ropes to support your body weight when you're resting your arms but what i noticed was a lot of these regional events and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of the obstacles look far more difficult than what you see on American Ninja Warrior. And yes, from, they definitely are. And mm-hmm. from and from talking to Morgan Moose, he was telling me that the, one of the things that makes Ninja Warrior difficult, one, obviously you have the adrenaline, you got the spotlight, you got the crowd and the TV cameras, but for me, what I would think would be affecting you physically more is the fact that you don't know when you're going to go. He said sometimes you'll yeah. run at 10 p.m., sometimes you're running at 3.30 in the morning. And is that why um, you see a lot of guys fail on what would, to the for, the for the casual viewer sitting at home, you're like, that's such an easy obstacle, it's the third obstacle in. Is that part of why sometimes they trip up on some of the quote-unquote easier stuff, whereas you watch them on YouTube and they're doing stuff that's far more, like, I was watching a thing where you took off your shoes, you're going down like this pole climb with a weighted piece of plywood on your shoulders and you got to transition and then climb back up and i've never seen anything that appears to be that quite difficult on american ninja warrior is that why ninja warrior it seems like a lot of, sometimes guys will fail on what appears to be a semi-obstacle uh, easy obstacle i think i think you're definitely right on that part but i also think too that um since ninja warrior doesn't really have like the people who they call back the major, some of them are also ninjas. They're just people who just see the show and they want to apply and they've never done it before. So Ninja Warrior is like they're literally like their first taste of like, oh, this is a ninja. And then 
them being on the show kind of I guess will get some into the show because like like you said it it kind of feels like a, its own little club so those who apply and never done it before they go on to it for the first time and they do it, and then that's where they meet people which kind of it's, it's some for some people they actually do well for others it's a wake-up call like wow i actually need to train for this i can't mm-hmm. just like i can't just do my normal bench pressing or like like or like or like doing squats and whatnot it's it's a different type of training that you have to do to apply yourself but I also think it's a mixture of the new people and also the time of like them you being called to run the course differently as well to cause people to fall on the third or second obstacle. Yeah, I was thinking you said that you ran first, and the disadvantage <laughs> to that is, and if you watch enough American Ninja Warrior, you'll see the first couple people they'll hit an obstacle a certain way, some of them will fall, some will make it through, and then like the fourth or fifth person will do it a completely different way, and which yeah. changes the whole thing. Oh, if you hold your arms that way, or if you pull your upper body that way while making that transition, it changes the whole game, and then everybody following that person will do the same thing, and all of a sudden that yeah. particular obstacle is conquered, whereas the first person, they don't have the benefit of watching four or five other people sort out the trick to it, especially yeah, on so- a new, uh, new one. Yes, and I, I remember for, for Miami, like, my thing was, like, I, I looked at the court, I looked at the course through the previews, and I was like, okay, like, I, I can do this. And I think what also helped, too, is, like, before that, what, so being in Miami, the good thing about being in the walker line was because I had friends that we were, like, kind of, like, we, we would go to the course, like, maybe, like, a weekend before, we would see what they were setting up, so we would kind of replicate that in the gym. So that also kind of helped as well, too, like, being able to see the, see the course from a distance, and we kind of had an idea of what the obstacle, well, what we had to do for the obstacle, so we would just replicate that in our course runs. We would go to the gym in Miami, and we would just replicate it in the course runs, which helped as well too. And then we also kind of did a guess, and okay, so we saw this obstacle in that city. What do you think would be in Miami? So we just did, just just did um like practices and stuff. But it definitely did help, especially with the balance one, because we guessed that one right, and then also the second obstacle in Miami would definitely was guessed right. The only thing that kind of was different was. The, was was the ring hop was the ring one where you had to? I think it was it was the fourth obstacle was which was the ring one and then the um, is that the ring hop where you got you're you're on one little hook and you got to swing across to make the transition to the other one? Oh uh, no, not that one. You had to like rotate a ring. It had to click before you can go to the other ring. Oh okay, like, you had to yeah, move gotcha. it up. And then the fifth one, I forgot what it was called. It was I think it was something where you had to like hop hop something over. That that's where I fell because I I remember I fell because I got. I got, I, I don't know if it was because I think I felt pumped, but I also got distracted because I saw my friend in the crowd. And I was really excited because it was my first time making the obstacle, so I was really excited. And then I felt, I, then I, and then I had to like fallen. But it was definitely Miami being my best, my best uh, time. And I, and I love that like, being the growth as well, too, falling from the, the second to then third, and then, then making it to the fifth to the city finals was really amazing. One of the things I'm struggling with right now, and I was really hoping to cut about 10 pounds before this race. I'm my walking. I'm six foot five. My walking around weight right now is 219. I run about three to four nights a week, uh, usually anywhere between three to five miles. Sometimes I'll get a wild hair and I'll run 10. But um, up coming up to an event, I'm sure a lot of people do this too. I throttle back to prevent the um, potential for injury or um, aches and pains on the day of my event, especially something like a savage race. Even though this is a um, makeup. I was supposed to do it in March, and it got canceled due to COVID. So technically, I already paid for it. So this one is a makeup. But still, it's, it's a huge investment. And back when I lost my weight, I'm down about 40 pounds. Um, how I got there is I ended up passing two kidney stones. That was a huge wake-up call for me. I changed my diet, got rid of all the soda. Yeah. I, I was on strictly off soda. I was on water and all that stuff up until Hurricane Irma. No power, no water for 18 days. 
and you're down here, you remember mm-hmm. that. Water was hard to find, so if I did find water, it was being used to feed my cats and the dogs. So now I'm back on, I, I'm, be honest with you, I drink about maybe two sodas a day, but my weight's not where it was. I was up to 249, but like I said, I'm down to 220. 219. I was hoping to get down to 207. Last time I was down to 207 was when I ran 100 miles in one month, so I cut a lot of weight. But yeah, what is your what is your uh, weekly diet like right now? Thing is, yeah, my thing is my diet is I'm working on it as we speak because like I'm from working and being in, in a relationship, I I, uh, I I I I like I eat good. So for when it comes to breakfast, I eat good. When it comes to like lunch i eat good but this is my break week so i haven't been eating well but usually my my game plan for what i'm eating is like i eat like say like just an egg sandwich or like two like three eggs on on a low carb bread and then for um for lunch i would eat like a uh like a taco meat that i've cooked with on a on a low carb um on a low carb wrap and then i would uh and for and for dinner i would eat i would make a burger and uh, and I'll eat. I'll have it on a low carb bread as well too. Um, obviously, I kind of just eat meat, like a lot of protein, and then with low carbs. Yeah, um, carbs. You know how I pretty much handle is. I know at night I really can't affect the people I live with. My my fiance and my daughter's diet. So during the day when I'm by myself, I really try to control it. A lot of times I'll just go to Publix, get some sausalito, turkey, and cheese, and eat that with a fork. And then when we um, at home, we cooked dinner instead of getting fast food. Now, I know um, Christianity and Jesus plays a huge role in your life. Um, when did that start for you, and how is that to maintain that um, that honor and that um, sincerity and that honesty in 2020? And and you know, with the way things are going, I mean, let's be honest. Um, there is kind of a you know, I don't think being a Christian is the easiest thing to do nowadays, especially with the way pop culture treats it and things like that. So, how do you how do you maintain that dedication part of your life? With by always being like by always being loving, because I I don't want to fight anybody or force anybody uh, my opinions. Because I've learned this I've learned this from my from being with, with my girlfriend. Because we have debates like when it comes to like Democratic and Republican, mm-hmm. even though she also is a Christian and like she just doesn't like Trump, so. Even though she's a Christian, and like I, I, from what I, from my opinion, I think that like the Republican side is definitely like more pro-Christian than like how they and their views and whatnot. Even though their leader may not be good from uh, from what people may think and whatnot, but I just try to like with like we and her, we have these debates. So I'm learning, I'm learning to like, I guess like when it comes to, and especially being African American too, like it's very not many African Americans would be Republican because my family is Democrat, even though. Like how I see it, this is like I always try. I always try to be respectful and loving. I remember how in scripture, on how like I want to, I don't want to like, like say mumble. I want actually want to pull up the scripture that I've been meditating on. So, what I've been, what I've been like meditating on, and I kind of how I've been trying to also just live my life when it comes to others is a. Was in the scripture in First Corinthians thirteen forty seven how it says like love is patient and kind, and love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. That's kind of that's the main scripture that I've been during these time during this rough time where there's so much division. Mm-hmm. Is what I've been trying to stand by. 
and just loving others and like even though i may not like risk i mean i may i may not like like their views like for instance like as a christian i don't i don't support like transgender or like get or like or gays but i'm not gonna hate those people like i don't hate them at all like if i was to see them i'm still gonna love the, i love them may not i may not support the lifestyle but i'm still gonna love them i'm not gonna bash them nor i'm not am i gonna hate them well sadly your audio cut out but you were talking earlier about you know how you and your girlfriend you're both um both Christian, you know, act, practicing Christians daily. But even in 2020, um, despite the fact that both you have more different political views, you guys kind of talk things out, which more and more people should do. That's one of the biggest problems we're facing in this country mm-hmm. is everybody's choosing a tribe and they don't want to talk to the other side. And you and you're, you were saying something very, very important and uh, very relevant, but sadly the, the signal cut out. But you were explaining how, you know, despite the fact that you're, your girlfriend um, finds herself to be uh, more democratic and liberal, and you find yourself to be on the more Republican side. You guys just talk things out, and you know you, you have your own beliefs, but you don't let that distract from what you guys are trying to accomplish as, as a couple. Yes, because our our foundation and our root is in God. That's one thing I was like, I was just telling her, like we always talked about, like even though we have our differences of opinion, we don't try to force, we don't force our 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 opinion onto one another. And, like, we don't say, like, oh, no, like, you're wrong. And, like, because it used to be like that. But lately, we've been working on, like, not we state our opinion and what we believe. But we do not, we're not going to force it. Like, we're not going to say, we refuse to say, no, you're wrong. Despite, it doesn't matter who's right or who's wrong. Because everybody has their own opinion. We're still going to, like, our foundation comes, our foundation is in Christ. And what we stand for, that's the main thing that we, that we know that we both agree on. And when it comes to loving others and how we have to, respect one another and our views and stuff. You know, one of the things that I find even myself that I, I, I fight the urge to do, I'll be listening to a podcast and, uh, it'll be someone whose show I've listened to a lot and like, Oh, so-and-so is coming up next. And I, and I'm familiar with the guest and the guest tends to have views that I do not agree with. I'm, I'm completely against. And when I hear their name, I kind of cringe. And there's a part of me who just wants to shut off the podcast and not listen. And but more often than not, if it's a good interview and if it's an honest interview and it's a long form interview, I find that the person that I cringed about, the person that I wanted to not listen to the interview, that I realized they're not as bad as I thought they were. the The interview is more interesting, and by the way, you learn something. And so I yeah. think it's kind of important what you're saying is someone may have different views than you, and you may not agree with them ideologically, but it's very important to hear them out once to you know maintain you know a civility but two if you only listen to your opinions and people who share the exact same opinions as you all the time then you're essentially living in an echo chamber and you're depriving yourself from education not the mm-hmm. education that they may change your mind on something but maybe the education that oh what they said just reinforced why what i believe i feel is more appropriate than what they you know and so by by whenever you hear something maybe coming up or a person who may be coming to talk that you may not uh, agree with, by shutting them down or running from that, you're doing yourself a huge dis, uh, disservice, not to mention that's kind of what a lot of the comedians and storytellers and political uh, 
personnel have been finding has been happening to them on both sides of the aisles when they go to college campuses over the last few years. And we see how horribly that's turned out for people. And so I think yeah. we, we would all do better as not only a nation, but a, a world and a society together is, is to be more willing to listen to someone else's opinion. I'm not saying you got to yes. appreciate it. And, and I think that's so important. Oh, yes, you're, you're totally right. Like when it comes to like listening, because even though you may not be swayed or you may not, but you might never know that somebody actually might after listening, you're like, you know what? Maybe it's something is kind of wrong in what I believe, even though majority of times you're still going to stick. But like what it comes down to, it's about serving others, because by you listening, you are humbling yourself to listen to what they have to say, even though they could be wrong. You are still being in being in a loving way and being humble about it because it helps you as a person grow as well too. When in situations when you when you face opposition, where you don't want to just go straight head first into it, but you don't want to be gentle and kind and loving towards towards others and towards those who are opposition. And not only that, but when you when you just automatically jump on the defense, um, that just creates hostility, anxiety in your own life. And by, yes. and, and I'm sorry, life's too short to hate people. <laughs> life's too short to be annoyed by people. You know, I, we were kind of, you, you kind of talked about it earlier when the phone was cutting out, you know, there's people out there who hate Trump just for the sake of hating him. And there's people who out there who love Trump just for the sake of love him. You know, the person A, he can never do anything right. Person B, he can never do anything wrong. I'm more in the middle. I'm more like, well, if the guy says something stupid, I'll call him on it. If the guy does something positive, I'll call him on it. But, mm-hmm. but being on either end of that spectrum is just dedicating, and not just, I'm just using him as an example because we're in, in politics, but with what's going on right now, but just take him out and replace it with subject X, whatever it may be. And if, if that opinion is so st- steadfast that it creates hostility, anxiety in either direction. It's like, all you're doing is making your life harder, and life's way too short for that. I just want to, yes. you know, enjoy my life while I'm here. And mm-hmm. and the older you get, the, the and as you get older and you experience more loss in life through older family members passing, the more you realize that that's important. Yes. And one thing that I, I find did. impressive about you, and and especially with, I mean, you're what you're in your twenties. Oh uh, yeah, I'm 27. So you're 27. You're technically a Generation Z, and um, one of the things that I I find people struggle with, especially in the younger age, as you get older and you get life experience, you tend to change us a little bit. But kind of going back to what you were saying, and when it comes to listening to other people and educating yourself, and I'm sure you do this all the time with the ninja stuff. Is I find it's interesting when you try when you've been doing something for so long or you're around somebody who's been doing something for a long time and they see somebody who's new to an activity, let's just say Ninja, for example, and that person is doing something um, and they're doing it with minimum success. They're wasting energy doing certain things the wrong way. And someone who's been doing it a lot longer may say, Hey, why don't you try doing it this way? As Morgan told me when I was uh, operating on his equipment, Hey, instead of trying to fight it and, and going all strong arm, move slow as fast, fast as smooth. But mm-hmm. a lot of times that younger person, like, hey, I know what I'm doing. Mind your own business. It's like, whoa, hey, okay. Find out the hard way. I'm just trying to <laughs> I'm trying to help you. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because, you know, I, I, I have never encountered anybody who has been so stubborn like that. Mm-hmm. The majority of times people actually do mm-hmm. listen. Like they, 
like they like they 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 actually do listen and they try as well too like but well, um I, maybe yeah, the ninja was a bad example because of fitness but I'm, I'm thinking more like in a work environment or you know something like that but um it definitely behooves you to you know if someone around you is older and more experienced in something whether it's fitness uh at work um painting whatever they got some tips for you why not learn and i try to explain to my daughter hey it took me I didn't realize these things until I'm 30. I'm trying to uh, provide these secrets to you now in your 20s so that you can fast forward a little bit. You don't have to spend as many years figuring this stuff out. I've already lived through it. Let me teach you the secrets now so when you get to my age, you're you're that much more advanced because you didn't have to spend years learning this nonsense and how to do it. Let me instill to you. But sometimes it just doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people do have to learn have to learn the hard way. That's true too. As well too, like, like I know for, I know for me that like, even though I don't think I am, but my I have to admit, like I think I am. I can be stubborn at times when my girlfriend tells me that I can be stubborn when it comes to things, even though I don't see it. But I guess because I'm just so like strong stance when it comes to things. But I'm actually learning it recently to like actually like. When if there's any kind of advice, because like it's quite crazy, because I can give people advice. But when it comes when people give me advice, I can be very like, I'll still go the other way and still do the other way and still have to learn the hard way. But I also need to work on that as well too. When it comes to like, actually listening and doing it, because I think it's I think the the reason why I'm so like I'm so used to doing things my own way is because I've lived alone. Ever since I graduated college in 2017, I've been just like, I've been living alone on my own on my own by myself. So I've just been always do things like by myself and stuff. And now when I'm with somebody, it's like, oh, and that's like it's it's definitely a um, learning process of being in a relationship because you have to learn to also listen to somebody because mm-hmm. they, they're trying to help you in because it's because they care about you. You're not you're not on your own doing things by yourself as you used to. Like you have to know that there's also another person in the relationship inside just you by yourself. It's somebody else to get to care about and listen to as well too. Now, before the show, you were explaining to me your busy schedule. Um, you're training for Ninja Warrior. You got long distance relate. Did you say your girlfriend's in Australia? Yeah. How I does met that her work? During- yeah, it's very hard. Was that I a missionary trip down. or something? Um, yeah, I, it was, I met her in, in May. I met her online through, I haven't met her in person yet, but I met her online um, through Instagram, actually. Because somebody, I was, I was on this. I was on this Christian Facebook group, mm-hmm. um, like this, just a, a group about like people who are just like single and 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 also those who are couples, just always giving advice to one another. So all I do in the group is like I post my pictures and just try to give advice to people. Um, so those who are either single or those who are like going through things. So I just try to give advice. So how I met her was uh, some somebody I guess saw what I was doing and like appreciated the post that I was making. So they met, they forward my, I guess, my profile to her and she's like, Hey, this is a nice guy. Like he seems, he's always like posting and like stuff with, with pictures and photography. So then she had followed me on Instagram and then I followed her back and then we just hit it off there. And then, um, we FaceTime and then ever, ever since then, I was just interested in her cause I, I liked what she was about and also how different she was too. Like her being in Australia, I think what really cop- got like, got me in was just her accent it was just really amazing <laughs> it was just really nice to like hear somebody who's different sure because i always thought myself that i was different so it was it was nice to just see and from what she showed me with the pictures and 
how she speaks and how she is about and like it's definitely very different which it's crazy because like i feel like our relationship is kind of like a captain american iron man because we are two different people with two different worlds and but i think when it comes down to the root of it our root and us being christians is that's how we can make it work because to be honest if we weren't christians i don't think how i don't think it can be able to work but because like there has to be like that one thing that can bring us together and that's our our love for christ and how are we able to have to compromise and like and also see each other's views and understand each other and how we think and stuff absolutely for somebody listening to this podcast um they've been struggling getting motivated Obviously, no one's going to go out and start ninjing right away, but let's say they're not even wanting the ninjing, but they're just wanting to work on their physical fitness. They're wanting to lose some weight. They're wanting to get into just any sort of regimental program. For the, the casual person, you know, somebody's working every day or, you know, what, whatever it may be, if they were to come up to you and say, hey, where do I, what's the easiest way to get started on improving my, my, myself and, and my lifestyle and getting healthier? Where do, where do you often tell people or suggest? Where, do, where does one start? It's crazy because I had a high school kid because I've been working at the high school. asked me that same question and how I responded to him because he asked me, oh, how did you get so fit? I just told him, you know, I just did the basics. It's just starting off with the basics, push-ups, like push-ups, bodyweight type exercises. Like starting off with those first because that's when I was when I was in middle school. I started off by doing push-ups, sit-ups, um, squats, and pull-ups. All those stuff just to tone the body. And then once, if that doesn't seem to be enough, and like that can be your like your normal routine of a workout, saying doing it every morning, every afternoon, and every night, that can be that can be a basic workout that you can work that works your full body. And if you're doing that every day, it can help you tone up as well too. And of course, by you eating well too, that would also definitely help tremendously, because then by you can be able to be, get stronger and do more as well too. And when it comes to eating healthy, I would give them the advice of okay, well. Um, just, you know, I, I'll give them the advice of what I do. It's like, I just eat eggs in the morning, like protein, protein and carbs. And then you add in some of your, and I, I have my fruits in the morning and then you can have some of the fruits at, for the eat for, I mean, sorry, some of the vegetables in the evening, such as like broccoli and like lettuce and beans. You don't do I mean, the intermittent uh, fasting geez, at all? Yeah. Huh? You don't do the intermittent, inter- intermittent fasting at all? Oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't do any fasting. I just. I just eat. <laughs> yeah, you, you got that young healthy. man's metabolism. Once you hit thirty, I think it'll slow down. Um, yeah, I I try to. Do, I oftentimes try not to eat anything until about noon um, and or twelve, and I I try to do the intermittent fasting because it seems to me to help um, maintain weight loss. The other thing I used to do, but I don't do so much now because of my work schedule, and I actually did it a few weeks ago, and it reminded me why I used to do it. And that is, is ba- as as hard as it is, and as bad as it sucks, um, running in the morning or doing your fitness in the morning. Um, by getting that done in the morning, obviously you have more time in the day. But here's here's the secret. I find, you know, if I run in the morning or, or do the exercise in the morning, as the day goes, I'm less likely to cheat and eat little things because I say, well, if I eat this, I just wasted the whole reason I got up an hour early and went and worked out. Whereas subconsciously I'm thinking, well, if I can eat this because I'm going to go run three miles at 730 tonight. And so I find by doing it in the morning, it helps keep you honest throughout the day because you don't want to, because basically you're wasting the reason why you lost an extra hour of sleep that morning because you know, you're trying to get fit. Whereas 
subconsciously, oh, I'm working out tonight. It, it won't matter. But then you're at a net zero gain. So yeah, um, I find a lot. Sometimes it helps to do that in the morning. Oh, definitely. I do my workouts in the morning for me. And like working out in the morning is like the best way for me to be able to wake up and do my day. And also because of the time difference for me, uh, for me and my girlfriend who's in Australia, mm-hmm. working out in the morning is be- is better because then once I get out from work, she just wakes up so I can be able to talk to her and and um, have my time with her as well, too, because it's just because of the time difference and it works perfectly. You know, it's funny you're talking about the push-ups, and, and I used to be a lot more into it, and I just I fell off, and I started again. I, I wear a Garmin um, fitness watch and from primarily for my running and all that, but every few hours during the day, it'll tell me to move. And if I'm at my computer shop waiting on things to happen, um, and my watch goes off and says move, I'll just slide my chair out, and I'll bust out 22 to 24 push-ups right there. Um, back in December... I decided, hey, I, I can't do pull-ups, as I said earlier, but I decided, yeah. hey, I want to try to do wall-assisted hand push-ups, handstand push-ups. And so last December, I started. I busted out two. I got up to like 16, and then I took about a month off, and now I'm stuck around 12. But usually in the daytime, maybe three times a week. I used to do it every day, and I need to get back to there, depending on you know, if I'm at my shop or um, wherever. Um, when my Garmin squi- yells at me to move, if I'm not getting ready to run, I'll either bust out 20 push-ups or I'll try to do my wall-assisted handstand push-ups. I get in trouble for doing them at home because I put marks on the wall, so I got to go out and do it at the garage. Yeah. But more often than not, I try to do them in my my office. And and I'm honest about it. They're wall-assisted, meaning I put my toes on the wall. I don't have the, the skill yet to do them without the wall. But you know, yeah. I, I figure if I can't do a pull-up, at least I can do it the other direction. And maybe, who knows, at some, at some point. And I think the reason I can't do a pull-up, I don't think I know the technique properly. I was watching you do your salmon ladders, and I see you basically raise your pelvic up to you, and then you throw your arms up. And I just think, I think for me, I'm just missing the, the um, technique and being taught how to do it properly. And I think that goes a long way with a lot of things. Yeah. Like, I, I, if I do how to, I'm not, I need to like show, because like when it comes to like showing things fitness wise, I need to like actually be there. I'm such a visual because mm-hmm. I can't really, it's hard to explain like over the phone and stuff. Well, I think of it like Photoshop. Um, I had Photoshop CS for a year or two. I got a copy back on it 14 years ago. I tried to use it, couldn't figure it out. I was dating a girl at the time who was proficient with it. She showed me like the three core things of Photoshop, and now I'm very proficient with it. I think fitness is probably the same way when it comes to more of the advanced stuff. Is you can sit there and try to look at videos and figure it out, but if somebody's there with you and shows you how to do it, I think it'll yeah. probably snap in line and, and I'll and I'll advance greatly. Mm-hmm. No, definitely though, definitely. So I uh, before we wrap up here, um, I was watching one of your videos. Um, I noticed everybody was in the background was wearing face masks. So clearly, you, you guys are still having uh, regional uh, ninja base events in 2020. Um, do most of those happen in the summertime, or because it's so darn hot down here, does the majority of that kick off in the wintertime? Uh, it just happens in ver- in various seasons. Like it can, it mostly happens throughout the whole year. Like there's always competition going on throughout the whole year, like some kind of competition. Or but like. I would say, like, when it comes to the National Ninja League Finals, I think that's in February, and also the UNA Finals. The Ultimate Ninja League Finals is in, is in September. So they're, it's spring and fall are, are the finals, is what I would say. 
like nothing is in the fall, but just mostly spring and fall, or whether are when the finals for like these uh, competitions are at. Besides Ninja, uh, are most of those in Central Florida, or are they throughout the country? Do you travel uh, outside of country. Florida? Yeah, they're, they're throughout the country where you have to, where you have to travel to. Where's the furthest you've traveled for one of these events? Uh, the furthest I would say was Los Angeles. Yeah, for the National Ninja League in season two. Now That's Los. Los Angeles is, you know, I, I lived in Long Beach for three years, so obviously that's relatively sea level. And obviously a majority of your training's done down here in Florida, but have you been to like an event in Georgia or a place with a higher sea level? And have did you notice it affect your ability to perform at all? Uh, yes, there was one place that I noticed that affected my – I can't remember what it, I think it was Arizona. Like it was, a hot, it was a hot state. I can't remember what it was, but it definitely – I remember it for the Ultimate Ninja League. It definitely affected me. But it doesn't affect me when I'm in North Carolina. But like I'm just trying to think right now, like what it was called. Like it was um it was Arizona. New Mexico. New Mexico. No, yeah. That makes sense. New Mexico. Hot I think that's where high. it was. Yeah. It was hot and <clears throat> the elevation was just super like high up. A little inside baseball. I don't know. I just noticed it this year. Is New Balance the unofficial sponsor for American Ninja Warrior? Because it seems like a lot of the new episodes, everybody's wearing black New Balance. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know, but I do. I definitely do know. A lot of people wear that one shoe that I've been definitely I've been wearing a lot more has been the Strike Movements because I, I like those and they, I, I like how it has like a a basketball feel to it. It mean high top, so that's why I like I, I, I like it. And then they also remind me of like these shoes that he's have for basketball. So I've been definitely steering away from new bands and going towards the uh strike movement shoes one of the videos you look like you're almost wearing a pair of asic wrestling shoes because oh yes I've, I've also worn those too as well like those have been great for great for great grip yeah and i and i would imagine the soles are pretty pliable especially because you know obviously when it comes to running it's all about footwear um yeah. and i would imagine especially like i was watching your 100 foot rope climb and the two things i was thinking about is one the footwear and two what was the wind like up on that thing? Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't really windy at all. Like That's... it was definitely nice and and stuff. Like, is that the tallest rope climb you've ever done? Yes, it has been. I think the fastest one that I the fat my fastest time I think was in 2019 when I got up to there in like a minute and 17. Wow. But yeah, that was my fastest time of doing it. Now, obviously, when you're climbing up, you're you're not really paying attention to what's below you, but. Um... I used to do some wall climbing back in the day, uh, back in the 90s, and some outdoor rock climbing. And every once in a while, you get up above 60, 70 feet, and you look down, and it's like, oh, okay, that's right. I'm, I'm a lot higher than I thought I was. Did, yeah. Did you have that um, once you got to the top of that? Uh, no, I mean, because I had a harness. I just I yeah. had faith that I had just had trust that it was going to be okay. Now, if I didn't have a harness, like, I probably would be definitely having more of a death grip sure towards the rope and stuff well i appreciate all your time and everything uh you coming on the show um is there anything you want to share with our audience before you go um to to just always be a light and to like never give up on 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 the gifts that you have and just to always use it to be a light to others and to serve what to serve others and to just love others his name's jordan flash brown you can see him um all around Southwest Florida on regional um, ninja-based stuff. And if you go on YouTube, you can find him on some past um, episodes of American Ninja Warrior.
Jordan, where can people find you on your Instagram and throughout the social media realm? Oh, my, my Instagram would be Flash Jordan 3. And anywhere else you and want to send people to? For my for my for my photography, it's flashlight dot creative. Yeah. So definitely check that out. And I want to thank everybody for hanging out with another episode of the Fail to Fail podcast. This episode of the Fail to Fail podcast, as well as all the podcasts on the Digital 410 Network, is brought to you by our friends at At Computers. At Computers yes. has been providing IT solutions for all of Southwest Florida since 2004. So if you need any computer repair, desktop repair, laptop repair, give them a call at 239-283-1120. And even if you don't live in the Southwest Florida area, they can help you remotely through their website. So as long as you have internet, they can help you. Give them a call at 239-283-1120 or go to act-capecoral.com. And right now, especially with COVID, people working at home, it's no more important. It's never been more important than getting two-form authentication. So secure that network for remote login and online backups as well as antivirus. They can help you out with all that information. And as always, head over to failtofail.com or d-fordin.com. Click on that Patreon link. Sign up for Patreon. It's a dollar a month. It helps out the show. It helps out our YouTube channel. And if you haven't done so, head over to youtube.com. Look for the Digital 410 Network. And uh, you'll see my upcoming Savage Race here shortly. Jordan Flash Brown, thank you so much for joining us. And remember, You're welcome, Ron. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And remember, um, if you never get out of your comfort zone, you'll never get out of bed. So get up, challenge yourself, and be a good pillar to your community. And we will talk to you all shortly. This has been a Digital 410 production. <laughs>